Well, good morning, church family. It is good to be with you here today. My name is Dan Min, and I serve as the pastor here at Alliance Christian Fellowship. And uh, if you're visiting with us, if you're a guest from out of town with us, we just want to say a big special welcome to you. Uh, We're glad you're here. And on behalf of our ACF family to you, we just want to say for all of you, we're so thrilled you've chosen to worship with us here this morning. Uh, Now, before I dive into this morning's message, I'm I'm excited to preach today's word. Uh, I I believe God's got a a special word for us here today, and um, I'm excited to go into that. But before I dive into today's message, I just... I want to clear something up real quick from last week. Uh, For those of you who are with us last week, um, I I talked about my marriage and and how long my wife and I have been married for. I said 14 years. I said we're coming up on 14 years this year. Um, Now, my son, my oldest son, he's turning 14 this year, which means that we would have conceived our son out of wedlock. Now, I assure you that was not the case. I'm just bad at math, okay? Uh, we, were, we were married 17 years. I don't know where I got the number 14, but uh, we're, we're married 17 years this year. And so just want to clarify that because like some of you were coming up to me after service and they were like, Dan, I was doing the math and it, something doesn't add up. Yes, I know. I just, I just, I only look Asian people, okay? I never, I don't think Asian, all right? I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't proclaim I'm good at math. I just, I only look Asian. I often say that. I, I also, last week, I used a term uh, in last week's message, um, a, a screeching halt was the term, but I actually said a halting screech. I kept saying halting screech and, and my wife would not let that go. She said, you that, that's, that's not the term, Dan. That's not the term. And she, she continued to make fun of me for the rest of the afternoon. Listen, let me just say this. When you speak as much as I do, you're bound to mix up some words, okay? You're bound to, like, I remember one sermon I preached, I kept saying the term, a, 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 a fresh of breath air. It's like when you are in the presence of God, it's like you go out and you, it's like a fresh of breath air, a fresh of breath air. And after service, someone came up to me and said, you know the term is a breath of fresh air, right? I said, yeah, I know that. He said, yeah, but that's not what you said. You kept saying a, a, a fresh of breath air. And, and so listen, if I miscalculate some dates or if I misuse some words or terminology, please, please extend some grace, okay? That, that's just a little PSA here, okay? So sometimes my mind races faster than my words, can, or my words run faster than my, See, again, even, I, I don't know which is which, but like, you get what I'm saying. Just extend a little grace as I, as I preach through. So, okay, let's dive into today's message. I'm bound to mix up some words even in this message, so brace yourself. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6 is where we've been in for the better part of this semester as we've been unpacking this series called Teach Us to Pray, Teach Us to Pray. And in this series, if you've been tracking with us, we've been combing over the words of Jesus, the prayer of Jesus taught to us, often known as the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father Prayer. And we said we want to learn from this, not, not just, not just to, to gain knowledge or information, but to transform how we pray. 
When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, they wanted, they wanted to know, Jesus, we want to learn the secrets of how you pray. How do you pray? Because when you pray, you pray different. When you pray, things change. When you pray, the atmosphere changes. Like, like when we pray, it, not a whole lot happens. But, and so Jesus, teach us to pray like you. We want to learn how to pray like you. And this is essentially, the Lord's Prayer is essentially the prayer pattern of Jesus. He shares with us his ideas on how it is that we are to pray. And so we've been, we've been looking at this, this prayer, and, and we've looked at the first couple of lines already. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today we're going to continue on in this prayer and look at the next section of this incredibly powerful prayer that Jesus taught us. And I believe God's got a special word for us here today to receive. And so I'm going to invite Gabe back up here to read today's scripture passage aloud for us. We'll also have the text up here on the screen for you to look along with us. We're going to be reading out of the English Standard Version, but go ahead and open up to whatever version you have in your Bible and um, look along with us. And so, Gabe, if you wouldn't mind reading today's scripture passage. All right. This is Matthew 6, 9 through 15. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Thank you, Gabe. For the next few moments, I want to look at this specific line of the Lord's Prayer we come to here today, which is, give us this day our daily bread. A couple of weeks ago, if you remember, I mentioned that most of us tend to approach prayer from a, from a needs basis. We often find ourselves at a point of need, and then what do we do? We run to God in prayer, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the prayer pattern? We're talking about the prayer patterns of Jesus. What's our prayer pattern look like? Our prayer pattern is we come to a point of need and then we pray, right? That's sort of our prayer pattern. We've got a need, so we pray. In fact, I can't help but wonder how many of us would actually pray at all if our lives all of a sudden were completely rid of any needs. Like, would we, act, would we even have a prayer life? Would we consider even praying if all of a sudden one day, poof, all your needs were gone, you see, if we're real honest with ourselves, most of our prayer lives consist of needs-based prayers. And we established this a couple of weeks ago. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but again, let's, let's look at it for what it is. We, our prayer lives often consist of, I need this, I need that. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to move on my behalf. God, I need you to intervene on my behalf. God, give me, give me, give me, give me. Give me. And, and, and to be honest, for much of the Lord's prayer up until this point, you'll notice Jesus had made zero mention of our needs. There's no mention of like our needs, my needs. It's not until we get halfway through the prayer that even a mention of a need comes up. And I think Jesus does this intentionally and masterfully for a reason. You see, it's not that Jesus doesn't think we have needs. He's fully aware. He's God. He, he is omniscient. He knows all he, he knows we have needs, like legitimate needs. We're not trying to downplay that. He's also not under any impression that those needs should be kept with us, that they should be staying with us. 
In fact, Paul says in Philippians to bring your requests, bring your petitions, make them known before God. God wants us to bring our needs before him. But Jesus knows that when we begin our prayer from a place of worship, you know, this, this place of adoration, this place of recognition of who God is, our needs become adjusted. I mentioned this a couple of weeks back. What we perceived once as dire needs all of a sudden no longer seem that dire in the presence of a worshiping heart before God. As God becomes bigger, our needs become smaller. But number two, we begin to see that our needs, our very legitimate needs, are actually able to be met because we understand who God is. If we fail to see God for who he is, we will simply end up despairing in our own needs and caving in to our own needs because we realize to whom can we turn to with our needs if not God? And so Jesus sets the stage early. He says, I want to establish in your mind, establish in your prayer patterns and your prayer rhythms, even before you bring a need before God, recognize who God is, establish who God is in your world as you consider bringing your needs before him. And then in this part of the prayer, Jesus opens this beautiful invitation and encourages us to ask our holy, loving Abba, Father, who art... In heaven, he says, ask him now, give us this day our daily bread. Now, in this brief little statement, Jesus is saying a whole lot. He is packing a punch in this little statement, give us this day our daily bread. The first is this, we don't have unless he gives. What Jesus is communicating in this moment is, we don't have unless he gives. Jesus prays, give us this day our daily bread. Notice Jesus never instructed us, he never said to us, now go work for your daily bread. Go make your daily bread. Go bake your daily bread. Go buy your daily bread. Go purchase your daily bread. Go earn your daily bread. No, 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 he says pray, Lord, give us Give us our daily bread. We don't have unless he gives. You see, this isn't just a prayer practice that Jesus is teaching us. This is actually a way of life for those of us who identify ourselves as Christ followers. See, when we see our lives as not having unless he gives, we live our lives in this posture as having nothing unless Jesus gives. Oftentimes, you've heard me say this here at ACF time and time again, apart from Jesus, we have nothing. But in Jesus, we have everything. You want to know the gospel message 101 at its most basic root, rudimentary level? The gospel message of Jesus is, apart from Jesus, I have nothing. But in Christ, in Jesus, I have everything. I don't have unless he gives. In fact, we go through life in this posture, this open-handed posture, because this posture represents this simple reality that apart from Jesus, we've got nothing. So we come before God empty-handed. You ever wonder why we, we come before God in this way, in this posture, in prayer and in praise and in worship? This is a declaration before God saying, God, I come to you empty-handed so that you can fill me. God, I don't bring anything to you that you don't already have. 
What do I have? What do I have to offer you that the God of the universe, the omnipotent God who put the stars in their place and caused the planets to move in motion, what do I have to give to you? I come to you, God, empty-handed to then be filled by you so that he might give us daily bread. You see, real quick, this is a story of the Israelites in the desert. If you remember that story, in the book of Exodus, they were complaining. You remember that Moses leads the Israelites out into the desert and all the Israelites are like, WTF, man, like, why'd you bring us out here? Like, you brought us out here to die, Moses. Like, bring us back to Egypt. Bring us back to Egypt because at least then we'd have food to eat. There's no food out here in the wilderness. We're in the middle of a desert. We've got no food, right? And then God hears their cries, and because God is gracious and compassionate, what does God do? He causes bread to fall from heaven. He gives them daily bread, and he nourishes them in the midst of their griping and complaining. God graciously gives them daily bread to feed them and to care for them. If it weren't for God giving, the Israelites would not have. Now listen, church. What this part of the prayer calls us to and the lesson that God was trying to teach them in the wilderness is the same lesson that God is trying to teach us today. What this part of the prayer calls us to is a complete an absolute dependence on God. The problem is, we don't really like the idea of needing to depend on God. In fact, we don't really like the idea of needing to depend on anyone. We live in a culture, you know this, right? We live in a culture that worships the spirit of self-reliance. I got it on my own, right? Like the message of our culture is you can do it on your own, right? Don't depend on anyone. Don't rely on anyone. You don't need anyone to be happy. You don't need anyone to be content or fulfilled. You can get by all on your own and by yourself for yourself. Heck, just do it yourself. DIY, you don't need anyone. Folks, how many of you know you cannot DIY your faith journey? In, in fact, the Christian faith was never intended to be lived as a DIY project. The whole message of the gospel is because you can never DIY, do it yourself, Jesus came and did it for you. That's the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is not pull yourselves up by your bootstraps and get her done. DIY, come on. No, you can never do it for yourself. Therefore, Jesus came and did for you and me what we can never do for ourselves. He gave you all these things like hope, salvation, righteousness, a peace that transcends all understanding. You cannot DIY those things in your life. Those things are given to you by a gracious God. He gave you all these things and so much more. And so this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, cuts deeply at the cultural norm and the cultural message of self-reliance. I got it on my own. I don't need anyone. I don't need anything. I'm fine all on my own. It calls us to this place of absolute complete, abandoned dependence on God. We don't have unless he gives. But listen now, here's the second part. He only gives what we need today. He only gives what we need today. Jesus prays, give us this day 
our daily bread. He doesn't pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread along with tomorrow's bread, along with next month's bread or next year's bread. He, gave, he prays, give us this day our daily bread. Now, I have to be honest with you, church. I don't like this part. I don't like this part. I don't, I don't like this part at all. I struggle with this part at a core level in my soul. You want to know why? Because for most days, I've got a Sam's Club kind of faith. Or if you prefer, a Costco kind of faith for you Kirkland fans. Uh, now, let, let, let me try to explain this, okay? I, I don't know if you've ever been to a Sam's Club or a Costco, but uh, they, they sell everything in bulk. Everything is in bulk. Everything's massive. You want a Diet Coke? How about 50? You want napkins? How about 2,000? You know, like you, you, can't just buy, you can't just buy a little, a little thing of biscuits. You know, you, you, got, you got all these. Now, now, listen, everything is in these massive quantities when you go to Sam's Club or Costco. Now, uh, we belong, our family belongs to a local Sam's Club here in town. And uh, with all the ACF events we have here, we figured, you know, let's just get a membership. It, it, it makes most sense. And occasionally when our family goes to purchase things at Sam's Club, we, we usually stock up. And, and it's a bit of a pain to transport. You know, it's like you got all these things. You got to put them in boxes and then you got to load it up in your car and transport them and, and haul them back home and, and all these things. But once we get home, we stock our cabinets, we stock our pantry, we stock the shelves, we stock, you know, all the nooks and crannies of our home. And when all is said and done, we take a step back and, and we breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> our house is stacked, it's full, all is well in the world. We don't have to worry about any of these items for at least for the next couple of months. Like, we're, we're good, we're good, we're, we're settled, we're secure. In fact, I feel the same way when it comes to our fridge. I, I don't know what it is, but there is something about a stocked fridge that brings great comfort to my soul. <laughs> Anyone with me? Like, when you see an empty fridge, you're like, oh, man, what am I going to eat for lunch? What am I going to eat for dinner? All of a sudden, you're like, I'm going to starve to death. I've got to run, run to the grocery store, make all these trips, right? But, but when you, every once in a while, when my fridge is stocked, I'm not even hungry. I'll just open the fridge and look in. Like, ah. All is well in the world. It's like a, a, a stocked fridge, a full fridge. There's something about it that brings great delight to my soul. I don't know if I'm the only one here, the only lunatic here, but if you're with me, maybe you understand. Friends, listen, when, when we have a Sam's Club kind of faith, our prayer pattern tends to look a bit like the occasional bulk shopping trip. We go to God to stockpile for the next couple of months, and when we feel a sense of security and comfort, when we sense that, ah, settle in, we say to God, okay, thanks, God. I'll see you in a couple of months. I'll see you when I run out of things. I, I wonder if that describes anyone's prayer habits here. You see, Jesus, in this moment, with this single prayer, he was flipping this prayer pattern on its head when he prayed, give us this day our daily bread. He was saying, prayer, friends, is to be this daily, ongoing, coming back to the Father over and over and saying, oh, Lord, I need you for today. I can't live this day without you. Going back to the story of the Israelites in the desert, you remember what happened to the bread that people tried to store up and hoard? You remember that story? Like when, when God gave bread from heaven, he, called man, he caused manna to fall from the skies and people were celebrating, we got food to eat. And what was their first instinct? 
This is Costco, baby. Let's bulk shop. Let's load it up. And they filled their pantries. They filled their cabinets. They filled their fridge. And then what happened the next day? It all rotted. All the stuff went bad. It just, it just went all south. And still, the Lord, get this, get this. The, the, still, the Lord was gracious. And he gave them new bread for the next day. His mercies are new every morning. And that's because every morning we need his mercies fresh and anew. I mean, God is saying, hey, hey, Jesus is saying, pray this way. Don't pray for tomorrow's bread. Pray for this bread today. He only gives us what we need today so that we can grow and trust in him for tomorrow. There's something about the heart of God that gets so deeply moved when he sees his children moving out in trust in him. There's just something about the heart of the father that just moves so radically when he sees his children walking in absolute, complete dependence and trust in God. He gives us what we need today so that we can grow in trust in him tomorrow. When God becomes your sole provider, I want you to hear me, friends. You will always have enough. You won't find a need to hoard. You won't find a need to stockpile. You won't find a need to, to, to go out and buy 2,000 napkins, 50 Diet Cokes, 127 biscuits. You won't need, you, there, there will be no need for that. When God, when you understand this holy, omnipotent, all gracious God who gives to us new mercies every day, you begin to realize, hey, there's no need to worry about tomorrow. God, give me today's bread. You will always have enough when you come to the Lord in prayer in this fashion because he only gives what we need today. We don't have unless he gives. And he only gives what we need today. And then lastly, what we need today, get this, is more of Jesus. Now, at first glance, this might sound a little bit like a, a Sunday school answer, like Jesus is the right answer, right? <laughs> yes, but, but it's more than that. Before you dismiss this point, just hear me out. Because I, I know for some of us, maybe in this room, even here today, you're like, no, 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 see, Dan, that's not what I need more of today. I need more money today. I need more time today. I need more sleep today. Can someone say amen, right? Like, I'm, I, you guys are college students. This is a college church. I understand you guys are half awake right now. Like, I need, I need sleep today. I need energy today. I need more time for my assignments that I, that I don't have. Heck, I need more coffee. You know, we got coffee in the back. You can help yourself, right? Like, I need, I need, more, I need more direction for my life. Maybe for some of you, you know, you're, you're at your senior year and you're looking into the future and you're like, I need direction today. I don't, I don't have any sense for where my life is headed. I need some answers today, right? Answers regarding my future. Maybe, maybe answers regarding a relationship that you're in or you're about to pursue or you're, you're kind of contemplating through. You need answers regarding your career path. You need a whole lot today. I need a whole lot today. And, and the fact of the matter is, I'm not so sure that we're in a place collectively to say, well, we need more of today is Jesus. Maybe for some of you are like, yeah, that could come later. There are some more pressing things. There are some more urgent things pressing on my life that I need today. 
Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, you, you may have already been catching on to this, but bread here is not just about physical nourishment. It is not just a source of physical sustenance. It includes that, but it's not just that. This bread that Jesus speaks of is the fulfillment of every single need we have as human beings. It's this bread that comes and meets us at our every point of need in our lives, not just physical. Again, like this is not just a physical thing. This is, this is spiritual bread as well to meet us at every single point of need. Every need you have, friends, you need to understand this, is able to be met in Jesus no matter what it is, every single need you have is able to be met in Jesus. I want you to listen to what Jesus says here in John chapter six. You can turn there if you'd like, but we'll have the text up here on the screen. Jesus interacts with a crowd of people and the people come to Jesus and they say, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, this is that story in Exodus that I was referencing earlier, right? Like, he's, he's saying, look, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. That's the bread. The manna is bread that fell from the sky. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Okay, now, now right here, you begin to understand, Jesus is not just talking about like white bread, Italian bread, potato bread. He's talking about spiritual bread that comes to us that gives us life in this world. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And, and, and I love the response of the people. They said to him, sir, Give us this bread always. They're like, if, if this bread you speak of is true, if this bread exists, if this is real bread, if this is the kind of bread that gives life to the world, we want in. Sir, give us this bread always. And listen to what Jesus says next. He says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Translation, every single need you have as a human being on this side of heaven can be met by the bread of life who came from heaven. Every single need you have as a human being on this side of heaven while you're living your time here on earth, every single need you have, no matter how big or small, no matter how perceived and felt they might be or, or how underlying they might be, every single need, not one is left unturned, not one rock is left unturned. Every single need on this side of heaven can be met by the bread of life who came from heaven to give you life. And his name is Jesus. Jesus came not just to give us bread, but to be bread for us. To say everything you're searching for, everything your heart longs for, every aching need in your life and in your soul 
It can all be met by the bread of life. See, what we need today is not more answers. It's not more time. It's not more you fill in the blank. The truth is you can probably fill in the blank but far better than I can for what, what you feel like you need today. I pray that today we realize that what we need today is actually really none of that. What we need today more than anything is more of Jesus. Sir, give us this bread always. Give us this bread all the time. Folks, let me just say this. When you know who you're praying to, when you know the God on the other side of your needs, you begin to realize that all your needs are able to be met by this good and powerful God. And that's why Jesus taught us to pray. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. He only gives us what we need. And we don't have unless he gives it. And what we need for today is more of Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, here in this moment, here in this place.